Hello and welcome to the Riverdale High AV Club. I'm Ezra. And I'm Megan. And we are here to bring you all things Archie. Your favorite Archie. Now, this this episode, this is what, the first one of March. So I've been thinking, we got the Ides of March coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Famously, the day that Julius Caesar was stabbed, what, 17 times in the back? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm and, a scientist, Ezra. Uh, fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, what Shakespeare play would you most <laughs> like to see Archie and the gang do? Because I'm really rooting for Midsummer Night's Dream. I mean... Would love to see that scene at the end where they're all laying naked in the field <laughs> with the whole gang. <laughs> Oh, why don't people make Tijuana Bible City more is what I want to know. For real, though, man. uh, Yeah, that is a classic. I mean, A Midsummer Night's Dream is also just kind of a train wreck in general, and I love it. Yeah, it's a good little rom-com. With the love potions and the mistaken identities and whatnot. We could could get more violent with it and do a Titus (laughs) Andronicus. Jesus. (laughs) Get real brutal with it. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I've been thinking about that lately, and I feel like Archie would be, I, I feel like Archie would be bottom. I don't know. I feel like he, he would be, be a bottom, you he's say? Cer- uh. <laughs> he's certainly an ass. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Good Shakespeare jokes. Now, and then would uh, Titania and Oberon be Reggie and Veronica? Oh, I like no, the idea actually of there's everyone. There's a love triangle already like, in the show. I know that's the thing. The cast isn't really big enough in Archie, so that's why I'm suggesting well, we, pull in we all have the weird three of each character. Members. Oh my god! <laughs> so Archie is <laughs> Archie is the Duke Orsino. <laughs> He's what's his name? Uh, Lysander oh, yeah. and Bottom. Just get it all in there. Now, Lysander's the one they all want to date, right? And yes. And then Demetrius, Demetrius is, is the, the other jerk one. one. The one, the Christian Bale, yeah. And there was Helena and what? Uh, Cassandra or something? Cassandra, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Lysander Cassandra's and Helena. the hot one. And I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Demetrius and Helena and Lysander and Cassandra or whatever. Yeah. God, it's been t- I haven't read <laughs> Summer Night's Dream in a long time. I'm trying to remember all, right, all the characters. Now you work on your rewrite mm-hmm. with Archie, and then we'll perform that as a Patreon bonus episode. Yes. You know, it's weird. I actually... We're going to start with a different bit, but this uh, me bringing up Archie mashed up with uh, Shakespeare is weirdly related to the bit that I'm going to be bringing today. Oh. Just a little, a little teaser as we slip into the teaser. episode here. Yeah. Well... Without uh, further ado, why yeah. don't we jump into my bit, and then we can get to yours. Please. I, I'm, I'm excited. So this is going to be a fun little variant of Archie Investigates. Ooh. Because this isn't Archie Investigating. You know, it's not Betty Investigating. Oh, shit. It's Betty and Veronica as secret agents. Whoa. I am so excited <laughs> for this now. Yes. So. This- Archie's Angels. I think it's like a mini-series kind of thing they did. Okay. Does it feel like a direct parody of anything, or it's just spies? It's, it's a weird mix of things. Okay. <laughs> like everything Archie is. Because they've got elements of Batman, but also like superhero type stuff, but then a little bit of Charlie's Angels in there. You say Batman? What Batman elements? I mean, just like all the gadgets and stuff. Oh, okay. Got you. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> the Joker's they beat the there. shit out of criminals and leave them all bloody and pulped on the no, like the Adam West Batman. Oh, okay, got you. So, and this is one of those things where it's like, what if they were just secret agents 
Uh, right. Yeah. And they it don't even bother. With them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this is uh, the credits for this compilation are Dan mm-hmm. Parent, Rich Kozlowski, Jack mm-hmm. Morelli, Barry Grossman, Jim Amash, Rosario Tito Pina, and uh, DigiCore Studios. <laughs> cool. Oh. Wait, they're the one of the writers or something? It just says featuring the talents of. Oh, and they're interesting. all listed, so it doesn't differentiate like writers from like letterers and stuff. Okay. So we open on um, Betty and Veronica, who are calling each other Agent V and Agent B. Very cool. Very clever. They're basically just wearing black cat suits. Good. Good. And very as all secret agents should. Yeah, and, but they have little masks on, like. Like, uh, what are they, domino masks? Yes, exactly. There really doesn't seem to be any attempt to disguise their identity at all besides (laughs) that tiny mask. They both have their classic hairstyles. They're Um, spies, not superheroes, Megan. I guess so, but... James Bond doesn't... He literally tells people his fucking name. (laughs) That's true, he does. So they're like, there's those criminals we've been tracking. And Veronica's (laughs) like, I'll get them with this necklace. And Betty's like, your necklace... (laughs) Veronica's like, yeah, it's not just a necklace. It's actually a grappling hook. Why doesn't Betty also know this? (laughs) She says, oh, right. I forgot. Oh, (laughs) all right. Good good job, guys. So she basically just throws this grappling hook that like ties all the bad guys together. Um, They drop all the treasures they've stolen from the museum. Yep. We cut to later where these police officers find the culprits all tied up. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, looks like we've got ourselves the latest culprits. Who captured them? Oh, they left their card. <laughs> There's like a little fucking business card that says, with our compliments, agents B and V. Good lord. I love it. So now they're Starting driving the gate. back yeah. to their to their secret hideout where they're I in I like a- how they just needed that little uh, thing to set the scene yeah. so you get what's going on. Uh... <laughs> They're driving this very much like Batman style car. It doesn't have a bat head on it, of course, but <laughs> right, it doesn't have their own faces on the definitely hood. a superhero car that says BV on the front. Oh, so it almost does. Yeah, they're yeah. like that was fun. It is purple. Oh um, hell yeah! Daddy will be so happy. He donated most of those rare museum pieces. Okay, so. Okay. They're okay. almost to the lab. They switch the car back to normal mode. I guess while they're driving, they just push a button and it transforms into like a Mini Cooper. What um, the, why? Which seems, if anything, more conspicuous that it's just transforming on the road. Also, you're getting back to base. Presumably, yeah. you don't need to hide it at the base. <laughs> yeah, it's Presum- very weird. <laughs> like, why would you do that while you're driving around? Anyway. <laughs> So they, yeah, because if anything, someone will see you drive your normal car into a secret base and be like, hey, isn't that Betty and Veronica driving over there? Yeah. Why they just drive into that mountain or whatever? Yeah. So they pull into this secret base and Smithers and Mr. Lodge are there and they're like, oh, good. The girls are back. Mr. Okay. Lodge is like, why do I allow you to lead this secret life as double agents? And That's Veronica's a good like, fucking question, Hiram. Uh, because I get what I want. So, you know, arguing isn't worth it. So I love this is a timeline where they what she's just convinced Hiram to yeah. bankroll their mercenary spy operation. Uh-huh. And then I love Dilton this. comes over and he's like, Hey, I've got some new gadgets for you. Fuck yes. We've got a cue. This is Here's great. Some invisibility capes and jetpack sneakers. Alright. 
just ripping off Harry Potter and Ratchet the and Clank. The sneakers are like fucking red sneakers that look really stupid with their black cat suits. Um, also, the name Jetpack Sneakers fucking sucks, Dilton. Yeah. They're not jetpacks. <laughs> well, Veronica tries them on and she's like, they're okay, but can you make them a pair of pumps? And he's like, ugh, girls. And then what? they're like, I'm tired of wearing these dumb masks. And he's like, I solved that problem. Put on these contact lenses and they'll hypnotize what? anybody who looks at you so they don't recognize you. That's insane. <laughs> so what? they just don't have to wear masks anymore. Men in They're black should have those. They're fucking pumped about it. Yeah. What a... That seems really unethical, Dilton. There's a lot about this that's unethical, because they're about they to call teenage. it a night. Betty's like, I still have an English report to write. So they they're, are still just yeah, normal Yeah, they're just teens. still in high school. Wow. And then suddenly a red alert goes off. Mr. Lodge is like, oh no, another crime? They're like, worse. <laughs> red alert is for Archie. His tracking chip must be broken or damaged. No, oh, that's really worrying. He's like, you yeah. keep a tracking chip on Archie? And they're like, yeah, of course. We watch him in the bathroom. <laughs> so they're looking for him in their spy car. Now they just don't have masks on, but they're still in their little cat suits. Well, they can and hypnotize worry, with their eyes. They do have like white turtlenecks on under their cat suits, so they're not too sexy. They're not cleavaging out like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that one comic, yeah. Yeah. Um, They're like, first they go to his house. Mm-hmm. They're like... Fair place uh, to start. Hello, Mrs. Andrews. Is your son here? And she's like, "Wow, those two spies from TV." And they're like, "Tee hee, she can't recognize us." Wait, what? I don't know why she just let them into her house, but why did she say those two spies from TV too? Because they're like famous. Oh wait, <laughs> I thought she couldn't recognize them. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> she can't recognize that they're Betty and Veronica. Oh, so she. I see. Okay, she recognizes them. Is this like as Sailor spies. Moon? But. Yeah. She knows who they are, but not who they really are. I yes, see. This I is thought Sailor it was just Moon like, and Usagi. I thought it was like she just literally didn't see them. <laughs> like they just like <laughs> no. don't exist to her. No. Okay, that makes uh, sense. So they go up to Archie's room and he's not there, but the window's open. They're like, We'll find him. They go to okay. Reggie's house. Um he's they're been hanging outside his window from like wires, and they're like, Where's Archie? Uh oh. very Batman, they're gonna like drop him on the ground. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That happens a lot in this Swear to me! <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, they put lie detector goggles on his head, and it says he's telling the truth that he doesn't goggles? know where Archie is. <laughs> How do the goggles detect they, lies? They look like wraparound sunglasses, and they just say truth or lie. Okay, alright, whatever. Um, I like that it's a lie detector that is reliant on you putting something on the other person, not you put on the glasses and... <laughs> see right? it on them or whatever but whatever so now they go looking for cheryl blossom they switch the car into helicopter mode so they can go in front of her car and <laughs> <laughs> fucking batman didn't even have that no they stop her with a roadblock they're like Whoa. what'd you do to archie this is a mad abuse of power and they're like she's like i've been out shopping with my friend all day what's wrong with you and then they put the glasses on her and see that she's telling the truth Jesus Christ. Those are probably like giving her cancer. <laughs> She's like, get that thing off my face. <laughs> then Dilton calls and is like, I tracked Archie. I called him and was able to get, like, find out where his phone was. It's pretty fucking based good, on honestly. That. Oh, he, he didn't answer, he, though. Well, he answered, but it cut oh. out oh, Okay. Uh, right away. But he was okay. able to get a trace on it. 
He's at the old Crunchy Time Cracker Factory across town. The Cracker oh, Factory? That's been abandoned for years. So then we cut to Betty and Veronica on the roof of the Cracker Factory, and it's got just a big glass window they're looking in. Do they Pretty see Kirk fancy. Van Houten inside? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why? why is there like a big glass skylight roof on this Cracker Factory? You gotta get vitamin D, man. I guess. Whether you're making so crackers or not. Archie's tied up, and there's a woman in there with him. What the fuck? And they're like, who is this? This is his kink play. It's okay. It's consensual. <laughs> they break in through this fucking window. Um, <laughs> Swat, rappel down. Basically, yes. Wow. Also, I guess the glass falls all over Archie and this woman, and they're not worried about that. No, it's got plot armor. The girl's like, what the... Curses! You foiled my plan! Uh, she looks familiar, but they don't know who she is. She's got the fucking contacts. And then she says, I'm Evelyn Evernever. I was a friend who never forgot Archie, but Archie sure forgot about me. And then there's one of those editor stars that says, Evelyn appeared in various little Archie stories. Oh, Oh, I've never heard of this character. Nope. We've read a lot Ever, of those. Ever, never. Yeah, I thought I had. And then she says, I was moving back to Riverdale, and I wanted Archie to take me to the Valentine's Day ball, but he said he'd be going with either Betty or Veronica. Ten years later, and he's still pining over those two fools. I never got over Archie. And then she starts that's crying. Your, that's the point. And says, he was my first kiss. And then there's another editor star telling us that that fact was revealed in veronica number 192 he was like half of fucking riverdale's first kiss right. like that's not that special no veronica's offense. like get over it and sprays him <laughs> with knockout perfume sprays also, him uh sorry no she sprays evelyn oh okay. um, i was like damn no fuck you. no i got distracted because evelyn is saying if i can't have him nobody can so like i guess she's gonna kill archie <laughs> yeah, yeah but no veronica sprays her with knockout perfume She's like, cool, she's knocked out. But then Evelyn jumped up and says, hi, I fooled you. What the? That's shitty perfume then, Dilton. Yeah. Uh, and then they're all fighting, and some other person rescues Archie? What? Is it Cheryl Blossom? Who knows? We get to part two now. Well, because, okay. Yeah, that... So while little... they're fighting, Archie gets they're rescued. They're fighting, Archie's rescued by someone else. And then it's like, what? Who? Stay tuned. And then it does the end question mark. Good. I always love a hypothetical uh, yes. finish to a comic. So in part two, we get a little recap. And then we pick back up with uh, Betty and Veronica tying up Evelyn. And then Archie's like, hey, guys, will you knock it off? I need to get home for dinner. And Wait, they're like, thought... how'd you get free? Oh, okay. So and he says that other secret agent untied me. And they're like, what? Who? And he's like, that girl over there. And she's like running away. And they're like, I've never seen her before. There hasn't been a girl there for 50 years. <laughs> yeah. So they tie up Evelyn and then they're driving uh, <laughs> just Archie home. about this other person. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well. <laughs> we have that fun thing where Archie's like, I can't wait to see Betty and Veronica. And then the, oh, the comic is like, remember, that. he can't recognize them. I'm glad they reminded me because I did forget. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, because it's so stupid. They get back to their secret lo lab, mm -hmm. and uh, Mr. Lodge is there, and he's like, "I heard you found Archie. Too bad." 
Yeah, honestly, uh, And then though. they explain that there was another secret agent there that actually rescued Archie. How weird. Mr. Lodge yes. is like, well, you're not the only secret agents in the world, you know. And they're like, uh, we are where Archie is concerned. And I, would, Dilton, I would assume so. <laughs> Dilton pops in and he's like, hey, I got another gadget for you. It's this little pill that you put in a cup of water and it turns into a fucking car. <laughs> Why is that helpful, Dildon? <laughs> Why do I need that? <laughs> I have a car already. It can it's turn a into a different car. Getaway car. Why it will it? degrade in a few hours, and it's eco-friendly. What if I need to drive a few hours away? Then you pop another car and a thing of water. <laughs> it's just, just what if cars you, like, all the way down. Swallowed it. Oh, that's terrifying. Um, they're like, you're the best. And Mr. Lodge is like, now I have an important mission for you, dear homework. Be a really good way to kill someone, though, is you put it in a bottle and then throw, and the car just falls on someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be cool. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so ha, ha, homework. The next day, they're hanging out at Ron's house. They're like, have you seen Archie? No. Well, let's go check that tracking chip. Jesus uh, Christ, you guys. You gotta so they, stop. They pop down to the lab. They're like, hey, look, he's at the fair. Why isn't he with one of us? Then there's a moment where Betty's like, your father warned us about using our secret skills to track Archie. And they're like, yeah, but we should go check out the fair in case there's criminal activity. Real quick, what did they do with Evernever? Did they just leave her in that abandoned cracker factory? I assume they called the cops later, but they don't say. They Okay. They just tied her up and left her there. Okay, cool. <laughs> Maybe she's, she's just dead. dying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> like so they decide rain. to go investigate the fair, but they'll wear their invisit capes. Oh, right. I forgot about those. Uh-huh. So they're walking around. They're like, I don't see Archie. But then a girl runs by screaming, saying the Ferris wheel is jammed and people are stuck on it. So it doesn't seem like, like a spy problem, really. It would be uh, excessive. Yeah. It's a Ferris wheel. <laughs> but what do yeah. I know? <laughs> it's not like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how it being stuck is a cause for that much alarm, because that yeah. happens pretty regularly mm-hmm. in my experience. So they're like, look, it's Archie. He's in the top car of the Ferris wheel with Evelyn Evernever. Oh, no. And then we cut to Archie in the Ferris wheel and he's like, help, help, crazy girl up here. Why did he go in the Ferris wheel with her then? Did you not recognize her as the girl that kidnapped you? She must have those fucking contact lenses. That's what I'm saying. So she's like, sorry, Archie, I need to talk to you. I rigged the Ferris wheel to break down so I could get you alone. The girls the are fuck, like, dude, just ask. <laughs> the girls it? are like, we'll on it. Get rid of these invisicapes. But then what's this? Another girl in just a superhero costume fucking flies past them as they're like what? using their grappling hooks to climb up the Ferris wheel. And she's like, Agent S here to save the day. S. The fuck? She grabs Archie and Betty and Veronica are like, hey, those jetpack boots look like Archie jetpack sneakers and they're what like the f- it sure would be cool if we'd remembered to bring those but i guess they just didn't that's, that's fucking why convenient yes. why did they <laughs> jesus christ why did they get given them probably because they don't match so they couldn't wear them so the girl mysterious agent s drops archie no, she doesn't drop archie she lands with archie <laughs> <laughs> dropping him off feet. on the ground right and the girls are like what the fuck who are you 
They go back to look for Evelyn. She's gone. I guess she also has a grappling hook that she swung away with. Jesus Christ. So they Why go to is talk she a spy? To... <laughs> we have What's no happening? evidence that she is. She just has a grappling hook. She's just really She's good wearing, at this. She's wearing, like, regular pants and a tank top, so I don't know where she was keeping it. What? But It's one of those flat grappling hooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, who are you, Agent S, and who do you work for? And they're, she's like, Betty, Veronica, don't you recognize me? And they're like, what? How do you know who we are? Oh, yeah. She says, I've been briefed. I know all about the special contact lenses. I'm wearing them, too. And they're like, but that's a Dilton Doily invention. And she's Jesus. like, I know. I work with him. Re they're playing too fast and loose with this, because it's annoying to me that she <laughs> knows who Betty and Veronica are. Yeah. But they... Oh, maybe she just knew ahead of time. I assume because she also had the contacts, she oh, could no. see through it. Oh, no. I think she just knew it. ahead of time. Okay, never mind then. Veronica's like, but Dilton's on our team. And then the little communicator on her watch is like, Mr. Lodge saying, so is she. What, what the fuck is... Who is this? <laughs> Mr. Lodge is like, she works for me too. And they're like, why? He's like, I needed someone to watch over you two, especially with Archie involved. So girls... Meet secret agent Sue Stringley. And they're like, what? New character, cool. Your poor little Sue Stringley, the girl who lived by the tracks? Another editor star. Sue Stringley was originally featured in Little Archie Comics. What the fuck? What Archie Comics were these in? I don't know. And they're like, wow, you, you were so tiny and grew up. A weird reference there, Betty, okay? That does happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's how that works. Then Sue is like, you girls were always so nice to me, even when others made fun of me for being so poor. Wow, what a fucking, like... <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Lodge on the watch over here is like, I wanted an agent with real character. Someone kind, but tough. And you guys fucking suck. Yeah, and they're like, well, if we have to make room for another agent... We're glad it's you. Now let's get out of our work clothes and have some fun. Now let me just describe Agent S's work clothes to you. Yeah, please. A red bodysuit with big yellow gloves like a superhero's, thigh-high yellow boots, and like a little waist belt thing that looks like a superhero emblem. Wow, alright. She just is in a superhero costume. That's real conspicuous. What the fuck? So next we see them all going down the log flume together. Veronica thinks, <laughs> This is just though, a fun fair comic now. Uh-oh, I still have Dilton's pills in my pocket. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Splash. Oh my god. <sighs> and then we see the three of them at the bottom of the ride, surrounded by a bunch of cars. And a child is like, huh? Where did all those cars come from? Don't worry. They'll disappear in a few <laughs> hours. And then we see Evelyn Ever Never in the foreground, uh, also in a different outfit than she had on before, saying, hmm, I think I figured out a few of the girls' secrets. So now she knows the secret identity. Uh-oh. Wow, okay. So she's the new fucking villain, she's I guess. She's the big bad now. <laughs> yeah, Sue... No, I'm sorry. Evelyn Ever Never. Evelyn Ever Never. Dude. And Sue Stringley. I don't those know. Those classic characters from Lil Archie. I don't know if you tried to look those up yet, but I was just Googling <laughs> Sue Stringley and I can't find <laughs> shit. Yeah. I feel like they just made that shit up. Yeah. Because they don't say... You know, with the... 
the Veronica or the thing where it was like, Archie was my first kiss. It literally said number 192. But Bro, when they she's a character both of them, on the show Riverdale. What? Yeah, Ever Never oh, shows fuck? up in Riverdale. So You I, people. I don't I don't know. Wow, nope, there she is. Evelyn Ever Never. She what shows up if you search her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I do remember her. Oh god, I gotta like screen share this because I, I I like vaguely remember this character. Yeah, let me look it up. Yeah, here, share screen. Fucking Evelyn Evernever. Oh shit! Yeah, I did not realize Weird. that was her. And then okay, well there you go. Yeah, she's a legit character. Is that what she looked like in the comic? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, huh. she had you know she's the teen now. I I. <laughs> What a strange one, though. I really liked that. It gave me... Do you remember that show Jinx or whatever? Or, or no, Totally Spies. Oh, yeah. That gave me such Totally Spies vibes. That's I just picture them in those cat suits the Pretty whole time. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking great. I love it. Well, if I may, I would love to take you on a on a journey. I'm, uh, I'm resurrecting one of my old bits. I haven't done it for a while. Probably like last summer or something. But this is <sighs> Rivers of Laughter, the yes! writers of Archie Comics. <laughs> so I was brainstorming last night trying to figure out what bit to do. And I was just trying to find, you know, goofy stuff. I went on like eBay. I was searching Archie Comics, trying to find weird listings. I went yeah. on all sorts of stuff. And I just ended up being reminded that we have referenced, we talked about, but I knew nothing about Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. So, that's who we're talking about Ooh, today. Yay! The big our, one! Our good boy Roberto, who, to start awesome. off with, I did not know he was openly gay, which is... I didn't know that either! Yeah, so... I mean, that makes a lot of sense. With a lot of the, yeah. Yeah. But here oh we go. God. So, Roberto was born on November 15th, 1973, in Washington, D.C., he was the son of Javier Aguirre Sacasa and Maria de los uh, Sacasa Aguirre. Um, his father was a former official for the Nicaraguan World Bank. Wow. Um, and then became an ambassador to the U.S. and then later a foreign minister. Um, so they were in D.C. because of that. Uh, he went to Georgetown Prep in North Bethesda, Maryland, and eventually went on to go to Georgetown University. At Georgetown, he actually studied... Playwriting. And if you Google Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, that's what he's listed as, as American playwright. Interesting. Which, we'll get into that, because I did not know he had such a theater background. Yeah. Um, he studied under Don B. Murphy, who I looked up just to see. He He's a famous, like, legendary Georgetown professor. He was uh, requested to help manage the White House's theater and arts program by the Kennedys. Whoa. Like, they were like, yo, will you come help us? So, uh, Murphy, like, was very much, or he, he stressed to his students the importance of original writing. And so he would actually stage these one-act play competitions among his students and then produce the top three plays that won every year. That's um, so cool. Yeah, so he studied underneath... Studied playwriting under this guy, Don Murphy, Don B. Murphy. Uh, after he graduated Georgetown, he went on to McGill University in Montreal. And 
actually, funny enough, I almost went to McGill. He received his master's in English literature, and then he went to fucking Yale School of Drama in 2003. And that's when he really started to, as far as I could tell, when he really started to produce a lot of his plays. Um, so during his years at Yale, he produced the following. He did one called Say You Love Satan, which was <laughs> supposedly a romantic comedy spoof of the Omen movies, which sounds amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, he did another called The Muckle Man, uh, M-U-C-K-L-E, Muckle. Which All of was, this fits so well. It gets better, dude. Oh my god! Uh, it's a. It was a serious family drama with supernatural overtones. He did one that I think you'll dig. This one. Uh, this was his final year. He mounted a production of his play *Rough Magic*, which was a reinterpretation of *The Tempest*, in which Caliban escapes from Prospero's island and finds himself in present-day Manhattan. Oh my god! Yeah. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Like I. Every time I read about one of his plays, I was like, I want to see this so bad. Yeah. Actually, good reviews of Say You Love Satan and the Muckle Man were what helped him get a professional agent, which is really cool. He, That's so cool. While he was a student, I wasn't able to figure out really where or in time this was. It, like most comic writers or writers for Archie, it's hard to find good bios on these guys because a lot of them are still alive, which obviously is a good thing. And so yeah, we will, we'll get better biographies eventually, I'm sure. But he worked for the Dwight Edgewood Project in New Haven, Connecticut, I'm guessing. Probably. Which was a youth program that worked with children to help mentor and teach them theater by mounting plays. Oh, wow. Which just because... It was noted, uh, which is inspired by the 52nd Street Project from New York, which I think I've actually heard of. Yeah. He found some success. Like, he's won a few, like, minor awards and accolades for a lot of his plays, one of which was called The Mystery Plays, which sounded really cool. It was two one-act plays that were interrelated that the first one is about a horror movie like horror film director who's in a really terrible train wreck and i think he's like the only survivor and he's haunted by the aftermath and it's about his haunting by like one of the people who died on the train wreck and then the other oh is God. about that director's lawyer going home to like confront her troubled past and stuff like that um then on april 4th 2003 the Dad's Garage Theater Company in Atlanta was set up to mount his newest play, Archie's Weird Fantasy. The play depicted Archie coming out and moving to New York, but the day before it was scheduled to open, he was issued a cease and desist order from Archie Comics. Okay, that sucks, though. The day before it opened, guys? <sighs> I know. What the fuck? They threatened litigation if the play continued in its current form and so a few days later it opened under a different name under the name weird comic book fantasy and the characters names were changed so he still did it he just for him. didn't make it archie yeah but was he like hi my name's barchi i have <laughs> barchi hair handrews and i like girls anyway um yeah so before he joined the archie team he still he did a bunch more plays actually he did one called based on a totally true story which was semi-autobiographical and it was about a comic book writer slash playwright struggling with his newfound success and boyfriend problems wow yeah 
uh, that's when I realized that he was gay. I was like, oh my god. Um, Good Boys and True, which was a play about a graphic sex tape that circulate, circulates around an all-boys prep school outside of Washington, yeah. D.C. Uh, started to get spotty to find details on what some of his plays were about. Mm-hmm. He did one, uh, it was an interpretation of the picture of Dorian Gray. It was based off of the novel, I don't know what changed he did one called dr cerberus which sounds great but i couldn't find any information on it and then he mounted a revision of a robert benton musical called it's a bird it's a plane it's superman and was even approached by the uh script writers for the famously terrible spider-man turn off the dark to possibly help rewrite and make it work oh my god um he also was working as a writer for the show Big Love during all of this, the HBO show about Mormons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that our parents watched. Yep. Remember when they watched that? Yeah. Uh, he eventually became a co producer and writer for Glee. And yeah, wow. subsequently, what after that was hired to write Archie Meets Glee. This is still before he's joined the Archie team, as far oh. as I can tell. So. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, uh, he started working as a writer for Marvel Comics when they hired a new editor, and she had a theatrical background, so she started calling all these theaters and being like, hey, do you have any playwrights who might be good at comics? And his name kept coming up, so she gave him a call. And he sent over a couple plays, they liked what they saw, and after a couple tries of like pitching them stories, he was assigned to a short like 11-page Fantastic Four story. And he ended up working on stories for the Fantastic Four, for Nightcrawler, uh, the Sensational Spider-Man, and Dead of Night featuring Man-Thing. He huh. even did a miniseries during the Secret Invasion event. If you know anything about comics, it was a huge Marvel event where they revealed that the the Skrull and the Kree... Yeah, the Skrull had been infiltrating... Uh, Earth for like decades. Like they're these shape shifting aliens, and everyone realized that the scroll were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he also adapted The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, for comics. Um, then in 2013, uh, he started, well, working with artist Francesco Francavia. He created Afterlife with Archie, which he was appointed a the chief creative officer for Archie. A year later, uh, in the wake of the success. And yeah, I mean, it gets a- harder to find stuff because it's that gets more recent. But, you yeah. know, we know he's the driving force behind like Riverdale and Katie Keene and Sabrina. And he's really, I don't know, feels like he's kind of like what's driving Archie to these great new heights that it's reaching. So yeah, that's, that's mostly it for. Roberto, but I know, like, I, I had no idea he had such, like, a uh, storied career already. Yeah. And, what yeah. What a cool guy. I want to see all of his plays. I know, right? Um, God. They sound so cool. Say You Love Satan sounds amazing. Yes. Um, But, yeah, just everyone go ahead and look up Roberto Guerra He's a very cool dude. And, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So there we are. I was going to say, if you want to have a little... Bonus interjection. Mm. We have a secret dossier from this spy comic. Oh, shit. That is the secrets of the gang exposed. Okay. (laughs) Now we start, uh... of course, with Betty. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read all of these because they're not all that interesting. (laughs) What? (laughs) Betty's bullshit is like, 
Uh, that would be a once. good name for the Archie investigates of Betty is yeah. Betty's bullshit. Once Betty made a recipe bad. <laughs> what the fuck? Once she ripped the mattress tag off to show she was a rebel. Oh, oh my God. And Veronica's really painting says, her as the goodiest of two shoes. I know, right? Jesus. One time she didn't make high honors and had to settle for regular honor roll. Was that Betty or Veronica? Betty. Okay. Veronica once walked in a fashion show with toilet paper stuck to her shoe. Well, that's you just want me fun to fucking believe that all the bullshit going on backstage at a fashion show, no one's going to fix that? There's not anybody doing a once-over before the models go out on the catwalk? No. It seems... Unless she, like, came out of the bathroom, sprinted past everyone, like, literally like a, I'm late for school kind of move onto the catwalk, then, or runway (laughs) catwalk. (laughs) I think I called it a catwalk. (laughs) Yeah, I guess fair. Um, yeah, and literally everyone in this picture is laughing at her as she walks. It's great. That's Um, cool energy. Sometimes Veronica secretly watches wrestling when nobody's around. Fuck yes. And we see her like screaming at the TV like, yeah, Uh, as some guys throw each other around. You know she's a Macho Man fan. So Jughead's dossier. Was he even in the fucking comic? Why does he get one? Uh, They all get one, I think. He has a autographed picture of famous chef Becky Crocker, the only woman he has true feelings for. Now, this is, of course, Betty Crocker, and Betty Crocker's not a real person, guys. She's a marketing <laughs> character. It's like Aunt Jemima, but less racist. Well, I literally don't think I ever knew that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just... Jughead, okay. she's not real. Even if she was, she'd be very old, Jughead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, oh, man. Uh, we also now know that Jughead gets an allergic reaction from lima beans. Oh, okay. And it's a picture of him all swollen from lima beans. Reggie still has dozens of leftover t-shirts from his failed run for class president. He tried to give them to charity, but they said no thanks. Now that seems unlikely. Yes. Since we do know that they send the losing Super Bowl t-shirts to Africa (laughs) all the fucking time. Uh, Reggie's writing his autobiography. It's 3,500 pages long, and he's only up to age seven. And now we see him holding a fucking, like published volume it's like hardbound and shit yeah it's got a picture of his face on the cover and it says reggie the reggie mantle story maybe it was like a birthday present from ricky or something yeah maybe he's like i got your shitty autobiography bound cheryl unbeknownst to her high society friends secretly likes to collect snow globes okay cheryl future member of the snow globe society that's Uh, like that's I don't even know what the point they're trying to make is. Like, that's a nerd thing or like a poor person? There's just a picture of her happily holding a snow globe (laughs) with other snow globes in front of her. It's like she's having a good time, I guess. Okay. Um, And she also won (laughs) a place in the Book of World Records for highest platform shoes. That's pretty impressive, actually. That one's cool. I like that one. They do look to be about a foot tall, which is high, but like... That's not that tall, though. World record high, yeah. I've seen that, like, just walking around Ann Arbor, man. When Dalton created Super Growth Formula for plants, his dog accidentally got into it with these results. And then we see a picture of a very cute dog, uh... Far larger than Dilton. Is it like Clifford proportions? Yeah. Okay. 
maybe not quite that big. Now, this does bring me to the age-old question, is Clifford a kaiju? Yes. I vote yes. Yes. Anyway, well, that's not that hard a question, I guess. Yeah, it's a classic, easy question. Mm-hmm. There's a raging rock star inside Dilton. He even rocked out on his own CD, which well, like, is called... Like you recorded it? Okay. Dilton Rocks Out, and it's a picture of Dilton screaming into a mic with flames behind him. All right, Dilton, fuck yeah. I know, I'm really I happy hear for that. Dilton. Yeah, that's fucking sick, dude. Geek alert. Instead of using a model to pose for his superhero comics, Chuck poses himself, costume and all. What a fucking nerd comic book artist. God, posing for his own reference shots instead of hiring a model. (laughs) Yeah, with all his teenager money. Also, that would look wild if a teenage, like, comic yeah. book artist hired an adult model. Yeah, to... it would be fucking weird. Yeah, put on this costume. <laughs> Betty's not the only one with a diary, and we see Archie writing in his diary. A lot of people keep diaries, people. When Archie can't decide who to take out on a date, he sometimes uses this high-tech device to help him out. And it's a piece of paper with a picture of Betty, Veronica, and Cheryl on it, and a little spinny wheel thing in the middle, like an arrow. Oh, that I he see, can I see. Spin. It's like Twister, yeah. Yeah. Right okay. hand, Betty. And the last secret I'll share is that at the last chick, chick pick is what they're saying here. It's not what anyone calls it, guys. At the last chick, like a chick pick, flick? Archie and Betty went to. Archie got more emotional than the sobbing girls in the audience. What a weirdo. Archie cried at a girly movie. He's not a real man. There's the secrets of Riverdale exposed. Of seven of Riverdale's people. (laughs) Yep. And just teen people, too. In case you needed to know that hot goss. I mean, some of that I'm very happy I do know. I love that. Really happy for Dilton. And Veronica's got wrestling. That fucking rules, bro. Yeah, that is true. I love the idea of Veronica going to WrestleMania or something. That would be amazing. But like in disguise. Yeah. And she could afford like a box too. That's the best part. Yeah, she wouldn't need to disguise herself because only rich people would see her. Yeah. All right. Well, on uh, this this last little chunk of episode here, I think I'll swing us into an Archie out of context. Now, it's interesting because this is actually a direct continuation of a different Archie out of context we've done before. We're eventually going to wrap all the way around and Archie will be in context again. I know, it's going to be weird, but it'll be out of order, so at least we got that going for us. Yeah. So this is part three of four of (laughs) The Man from Riverdale. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's got that sexy spy in it. Hell yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking of when you were talking about the cat suits. Uh Uh-huh. So, a quick recap. (laughs) Um, Mad Doctor Doom is working with the evil organization called Crush to develop a secret formula that turns people into mindless zombies, and Archie is now the only person who stands in his way because all of Pop... Which is like, I don't know, it's uh, the man from, uh, it's uncle or whatever. All of them have, including his cousin, super spy Andy, have been turned into these mindless zombies. So we open where we left off with a whole bunch of the pop agents being these gray skinned zombies. And they're horrifying. Yes, currently advancing on Archie, Jughead, and Chuck. 
Uh, Archie yep. picks Integral up this... Integral part of the plot, Chuck. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why... I'm glad to see more Chuck, but it's a weird pull, I guess. Uh, Archie grabs this random briefcase, starts swinging it, and he's like, Get back! Leave us alone! And then Jughead realizes that they're actually listening to him. Like, they are leaving them alone. They are backing up. Oh, and they're weird. like, wait a second, something's not right. These guys aren't just zombies. And Archie's like, wait. What if they're not supposed to be zombies? What if they're supposed to be mindless slaves that just do whatever they're told? Did they say slaves? He does say slaves. Wow, okay. Luckily, there are no people of color in this group of pop agents. <laughs> well, they're gray, so, you know. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, kind of a lack of color. The underrepresentation of comics has come out on top in this <laughs> case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Um, so to test this, Jughead has them put up both hands and hop on one leg, which is cool abuse of power, Jughead. What um, a weird thing. It's very strange that they listen to anybody. Yeah. Obviously, they realize that they need to go find Dilton, so Archie has everyone sit down and stay there except for his cousin Andy, who's, again, zombied out, but following them. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way, he's shouting about, he's literally screaming about, like, we need to get back to Riverdale High, find Dilton, get a cure, and they pass a traffic cop who reveals herself at once they've passed to be... Again, it's oh, sexy disguise lady. It's Sherry the Spy Girl, but it's spelled S H A R R Y, which makes me think it's like Shari. Who fucking knows? It's a comic. Also, she like only refers to herself as Sherry the Spy Girl, like the full title. Never just says Sherry. Anyway, she <laughs> rings up Mad Doctor Doom. Again, I just need to emphasize they just took a fucking existing villain and put Mad in front of it. Oh, it's Mad Joker. Like, fuck off, guys. <laughs> like, that's so shitty. It's Crazy Penguin. Oh, no. Not Crazy <laughs> Penguin. Uh, she's basically like, hey, the dumb boy shouted about his plans. They're running back to Riverdale High. Should I stop him? And he's like, no. Kramer and Cranston, <laughs> my two flunkies, <laughs> will take care of him. Um We'll, like, meet back at the school to make sure everyone's a zombie. And then we learn from Mad Doctor Doom that he's put his zombie formula in the soup. The school soup. <laughs> Not the soup! <laughs> Not the, the school soup! soup. <laughs> and um, he's like, I'll turn every student, and then they'll infect the rest of Riverdale, and then the whole world, Wait, and then I'll be in charge. Wait, how do they infect the rest of Riverdale? Does it spread? So you want to know? Yeah. They get him to eat the soup. <laughs> That's the next page, is we oh cut to God. Riverdale High School. But wait, don't they listen to anybody? So if they're like, eat the soup, and you're like, I don't want soup, they're like, okay. But why would you not want the soup, Megan? Uh, yeah, I guess. Every fucking person. Because, okay, so the next page is Weatherby standing in the hall, and he's like, hmm, all the students are these gray-skinned, mindless zombies, and he's like something's wrong. <laughs> He's like, uh, Grundy, do they seem exceptionally listless today? And she's like, huh, they're fucking teens. Anyway, eat some of the soup. <laughs> oh my god. 
and uh, she does a real evil smile, so obviously it's not really Grundy. Oh, oh, right. It's sexy Grundy. Yeah, because remember, don't forget, we had hot Beasley last time, which was rough. Yeah, that Um, was bad. That was really bad. Yeah. Archie and the boys, I think they're like just, no, they're just walking down the street still. Uh, He's filling them (laughs) in on... The cousin's backstory, you know, just in case you forgot, since last issue, he's a secret super spy for a government agency called P.O.P. And then Jughead's like, yeah, yeah, what's in the briefcase? And they open up the briefcase. It's full of soup. (laughs) He's legit like, does he have snacks in that briefcase? And like, Jughead, he's a spy, man. Like, anyway, they find. It was just all snacks. (laughs) Just bags of Doritos. Instead of, like, stacks of money, it's stacks of chocolate bars. Oh, that would be fucking good, actually. Or it's, like, one of those videos where it's stacks of money, but you cut into it and it's actually cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, they find in the briefcase uh, sunglasses, a thimble, and a pen. And like they're an like, ink, what like is this pen. fucking bullshit? And they throw it all in the trash. Well, actually, Archie's like, these are cool-ass sunglasses, and he puts them on. And then he looks over. He can at, see who's lying and who's telling the truth. Well, he can see uh, their literal X-ray specs. So he looks at oh Chuck God. and Jughead, and she's two skeletons, one with a crown and the other not. No, they're skeletons. It's weirder. But um, it's also like, why is the crown, the crown still there? Is a skeleton. Well, I mean, the crown's on the skeleton. Okay. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and then he turns because. Kramer and Cranston are running up. But like he can they... see the metal plate in Cranston's head, so he knows right where to punch him. <laughs> it's slightly more upsetting because, <laughs> oh, no. first of all, great strategy, guys. They run up and they're like, wait up, <laughs> we need to talk to you. <laughs> and they know who they are. Uh, but Archie sees them through the x-ray specs, and they've got, like, a lot of guns and knives, like, strapped oh, no. to their person. Like, Wait, like, there are guns in this comic? Like... Oh my god. Like, they've got, like, four guns and, like, three knives apiece, like, strapped all over their person. And he's like, oh shit, it's Kramer and Kramer. They're gonna fucking murder us. And then he shoots, just like the X-ray mutant Scott Summers, he shoots lasers out of the sunglasses. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then Jughead pulls out the thimble, and he's yeah. like, maybe this is a weapon. And then just like the alien symbiote from Spider-Man, <laughs> it, it melts into a glove that then flies off his what? hand and punches Kramer and Cranston. And then they run away. Oh my god. Cut to Pop Tates, where Fred and Mary Andrews are going to lunch. They're gonna eat the soup! Everyone there is a zombie. Fred goes up to the counter and is like, I don't know what I want. Pop says, you should try the soup. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it in soup? (laughs) Why? Uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) the boys arrive at Dilton's lab. They, like, slap the soup out of his hand. (laughs) No, he's literally holding a bowl of soup, about to take a bite when they walk in. And then they're like, hey, we need your help. And he's like, I'll put my soup down and help you. Oh, Oh, my God. So, yeah, they're like, we need help. And he's like, I'm guessing this has to do with the weird lethargy that everyone has. And he's like, obviously, I already know about it. There's It's hard to miss the symptoms. And 
I don't know. Then we cut to <laughs> Reggie in the bathroom, yeah. who's like, <laughs> he's like in the, looking in the mirror. Taking <laughs> like, a shit. Just, <laughs> uh, he's talking to himself because <laughs> he's questioning his sanity because he got into hot Beasley. He's like, <laughs> he's like, anyone could have mistaken a hag like Beasley for a babe, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. And he's like, you need to build up your confidence and get back in the dating game. And he walks out of the bathroom, sees Sherry the spy girl in her sexy suit with, I might add, a skull choker, which is pretty on the nose. Yeah. Uh, but she runs away. And he follows her, and then rounds the corner, and it's Miss Grundy, and he runs away screaming. Wait, is she sexy? Uh, no, it's just Grundy. Oh, just regular Grundy. Yeah, I guess he thinks that he actually was seeing Grundy and not a hot babe? I don't- uh, Reggie's yeah, just getting gas- gaslit at this point yeah. by this spy girl. It's um, kind of fun, though. Uh, but yeah, Grundy reveals herself to be Sherry the Spy Girl in another disguise. Back in Dilton's lab, he's gotten a blood sample from Andy, which seems weird when I say <laughs> it in an Archie comic. Yeah. Uh, but, and he's working on isolating doc, Mad Doctor Doom's formula to make a vaccine. And then Jughead's like, mmm, that soup smells good. No, Jughead! And then Dilton's like, fuck off, that's my soup. And then he takes a bite of the soup, what? and he gets zombified. Why? Because Dilton, or Jughead was gonna eat it, so I guess he's like, no, my soup. Why did he have the soup at all? He, he got, boy gotta eat. Because remember, when they walked into the lab, he had a bowl and was about to take a bite, but oh then God. got distracted <laughs> and then ate the soup. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and then they very rightfully put two and two together and figure out the Fucking soup is the finally. problem. And Jughead gets so angry because they've ruined food. And he's like, I will fix this. I'm going to use my expertise to fix the soup and save the world. Okay. Archie and Ch- <laughs> Archie and Chuck, my voice to text got uh, chocolate candy, which I don't really know. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, Archie and Chuck leave Andy. That's where it came from. <laughs> Archie and Chuck leave Andy with Jughead to go find Weatherby to tell him what's going I don't know why Weatherby is like the authority for this soup mess they're in. Uh, <laughs> soup mess. But they go, they find Grundy, and they're like, yo, we need to talk to Weather. Can we talk to Weatherby? I don't know why they're asking Grundy. Like, And she's like, yeah, go in his office. <laughs> and then they go in the office, but it's full of zombified faculty members. Oh, no. And then they turn around, and Kramer and Cranston are blocking the door, and Mad what? Doctor Doom is in the chair. Oh fuck! And he, oh Chip is there too. Don't forget fuck. Chip is Mad Doctor Doom's boy assistant, uh, <laughs> who was boy like, assistant. who was gonna like fucking, uh, like abuse, like take advantage of Betty and Veronica in the last one. Don't oh, forget. Oh god, I forgot about that. Yeah, it got real gross. Uh, but yeah, so Chip is there. <laughs> or sorry, Chester. I keep calling him Chip. Chester. Yeah. Don't don't get either of those confused with Chick, Betty's brother, who's also a secret agent. God, yeah, you're right. Uh, so Mad Doctor Doom basically like lays out his whole plan. 
Sherry unveils herself to have been Grundy the whole time and blows Archie's mind. And then Mad Doctor Doom pours some champagne for Kramer oh. and Cranston and Sherry. And he's like, Are they gonna get join me in a toast. Well, yeah, actually, because Sherry's like, no, don't drink it. But it's too late. They've become zombified and they grab her. And she's like, what are you doing? Why would you betray our evil organization, Crush? She doesn't say evil organization. She just yeah. says, why would you betray Crush? And he's like, so I can rule the planet on my own. Yeah, that seems pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, Archie says, things can't possibly get any worse. Oh, God. So Mad Doctor Doom's like, wrong. The bell rings. Oh, no. All the infected teens are heading out into Riverdale to make people eat this <laughs> soup, I guess. <laughs> and Mad Doctor Doom is like, no one can stop me now. And Archie says, wanna bet? And that's oh, the end of the comic. Shit. There you have it. Amazing. The soup drama <laughs> that we've all been waiting for. What a nightmare. <laughs> all right. Well, we can probably start doing some rapidity up, huh? Yeah. Uh, do you have a recommendation or shall I go first? I had one and now I've forgotten what it is. If you want to go first. I'll get going because I got one. Um, oh, no, I remembered it. Okay. I'll go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so at the end of the last episode, I said I was in between a couple, and I'm just going to recommend the other, because, yeah. Uh, I am recommending the album, music album, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by the Arctic Monkeys. Um, I love the Arctic Monkeys. They're so good. This is, I don't know, this is the last, I think this is their last album they came out with. It was like 2017. They might have come out with something more recently, but this is the only one I really listen to. I'm obsessed with this album. It's, I, I, it feels a little different than a lot of their stuff in a really good way. It's got this really great kind of like seventies vibe with a lot of like very clear David Bowie influences and Hell the yeah. whole, it's like a science fiction album. Like it's the first one is, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what the first song on the album is but it's very much about like this it's tranquility based hotel and casino it's like this space hotel and casino um and it's just really well done it's an awesome like experience to listen to from start to finish or just jumping around there's a story i've been or a a book i've been working on writing for a few years that this was like the inspiration for which is really awesome. fun so it's like the soundtrack i listen to a lot of the time i'm writing it yeah but yeah tranquility base hotel and casino by the arctic monkeys it's just such a good very atmospheric album nice it's my recommendation what do you got so i'm going to recommend uh just the concept of the fun bad action movie last yeah. night maddie and i watched final destination 3 Nice. Uh, I have not seen any Final Destination movies before Neither that. Neither have I. You don't need to watch them in order, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Although, who knows, maybe I was missing a lot. But it's great because the opening sequence is very much like, first of all, there's an opening credits for this movie, which is mm -hmm. not really a thing anymore. Yeah, you're right. It was like carnival themed. So it was like the like, Hell yeah. swing ride that goes in a circle and you like sort of swing there and yeah, then yeah, there yeah. was with like the chains the fortune teller animatronic guy Zoltar. that was like pointing at different fortunes yeah and then the first 20 minutes of the movie takes place in a fucking amusement park that is not the same thing as a carnival at all no so, 
They clearly wanted that theming, but also a real roller coaster. (laughs) Because it definitely is a real roller coaster and not a carnival roller coaster. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not (laughs) like the beast is at fucking the state fair or whatever. You can't build a real roller coaster that quickly. No. Um, Or put it on a truck. Good God. It was just fun and bad and the perfect thing. I also, the Resident Evil movies are great for this. Yes, Um, dude. Mia Jovovich is amazing. Yeah. It's just great. A great way to take your mind off the real world. And, uh, you know, brings you back full circle to Betty and Veronica at the fair, just flying around with their grappling hooks. Hell yeah. I love it. Rocket boots. I'll add. uh, Watch a bad movie recommendation onto that i think it's it's one of those movies that's legitimately fantastic but uh is insane and watch face off with john travolta oh, and nick cage so good it's one of my favorite movies of all time so good yeah just what a wonderful movie so good i want to take his face off yeah yeah very good okay awesome we can start our wrap up so you can find us as usual, at our website, RiverdaleHighAV.club. That's got links to our social media, which is our Instagram and our Twitter. It's got our email on there, our Podchaser, our Patreon, and every episode we've ever done. Except for that good, good bonus content you can only get by becoming a patron, if you so feel to, if you feel like it, yeah. if you so feel choose. Um, <laughs> And yeah, if you feel like it as well, please tell a friend about the show. It's really the only way we can kind of get new listeners. We don't pay for advertising or anything like that. I just saw a cat arm shoot under my door and grab. (laughs) So I need to get going. Um, Yeah. uh, Please tell a friend about the show. Let them know that it's just a blast and that we're super cool and fun. And uh, obviously tell them the truth that it's a great show and you should listen to it. So um, I think that'll do it for me. Do you have anything, Meg? I do not. All right. Without any further ado, this has been the Riverdale High AV Club. I have been Ezra. And I've been Megan. And we will see you at the chocolate shop. Bye. Goodbye. And you're pulling the right mic. I am pulling... Oh, hey, let's check that.